most people don't get paid what they're worth is because they don't know how to communicate. They don't have a system and a process to sell. They don't understand the market. They don't understand the fundamentals. And therefore, they have commission breadth because they need every single client to pay them something. And they're willing to take scraps because they don't have the skills to prospect. And if you don't know how to have the conversations, unfortunately, the prospect does. The reason why they don't work with you is because they don't trust you. What's up? Welcome back. Vikram Deal here. Today, I want to talk a little bit about sales, right? That's what we all do. No matter what industry you're in, you're in sales, but today we're going to talk about real estate sales. We're going to talk about how you are triggering your prospects constantly. It's not because you are showing up, smelling, dressing inappropriately. It's because you don't know how to use language. You don't understand that the format that you were trained on for the decades and decades and decades prior to me coming around, well, it was all sales training. It wasn't like proper sales training. It was like salesy sales training. It was like, you're going to go and combat Mr. and Mrs. Jones. If you've ever been told by your mentors, right? If you've ever been told by your trainers, if you've ever been told by the people that you're working with, well, sales is just an ever's game and you got to have thick skin, right? Well, Sure, you're going to have some objections and rejection. It's going to happen, right? I don't know anybody who closes 100% of the prospects that they meet with unless they're only meeting with like grandma, Joe, and mom and dad and sister and brother. So if you're going to meet people, you're going to get some rejection. And that, yeah, maybe you need to have some thick skin. But you really need to have skills. The more skills you have, the more you can help people get to their root concern. Why do people buy and sell, right? Why do people buy and sell? What's the need? Okay, they need a bigger space, right? Sure, logical. They need more garage space. Sure, logical. But that's not emotional. That's not gonna help you get them to take action in a market like today, right? The market today where interest rates are high, where prices are still high, where people are scared the economy is gonna come down, right? In this market, why do people move? Well, it's not because they want a bigger home. There is an underlying emotion that is going to cause them to move. And if you can't pull that out of them in a structured way that creates safety, right? In a structured way that helps validate their concerns, in a structured way that gives them confidence in you and your process, unfortunately for you, they're just going to work with somebody else, right? We did hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. And we did millions of dollars in commissions. Why? Because we were able to connect with our prospect. We were able to get them to share with us the real reason that they wanted to make a move. And guess what? All of my clients wanted a rebate on the commission. Every single one, 80% of them, not every one of them. We had some nice people who wanted us to get paid what we were worth, but every other one of them wanted us to give them money. That's kind of crazy right? It's not like you go to Google and you're like, yo, Google, uh, I want you to pay me for using your services. Like that's crazy talk. But in real estate, that's what happened. And you know why that is the way it is? It's not the consumer's fault that real estate agents get asked for their commission. It's real estate agents' fault that real estate agents get asked for their commission. 
But real estate agents are one of the only professions where the buyer, the prospect says, you should pay me to work with me. Yo, put that on a bumper sticker. You should pay me to work with me. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to give you anything for 90 days, 120 days, 150 days. And then once you do get paid, I want you to then give a portion of your money. Why does that happen? Why does that happen? You know why? It's because real estate agents have been commoditized. Why? Not because you're the trusted advisor. Those people still get paid. The reason why most people don't get paid what they're worth is because they don't know how to communicate. They don't have a system and a process to sell. They don't understand the market. They don't understand the fundamentals. And therefore, they have commission breadth because they need every single client to pay them something. And they're willing to take scraps because they don't have the skills to prospect. And if you don't know how to have the conversations, unfortunately, the prospect does. And your prospect has been trained better at asking you for your money than you've been trained at asking them how to get to their emotional reasoning. So the reason why people don't work with you isn't because they don't like you. I'm sure you're a very likable person. It's because they don't trust you. I'm going to say that again. The reason why they don't work with you is because they don't trust you. They don't have confidence in you. They don't feel that you are going to be the right person to get them where they're at right now to where they want to be. That might be a little harsh for some of you. And that might be like, oh my God, that's totally true for some of you, depending on what side of the spectrum of the commission check you're on. But in this market, the top 70, 80, 90% of agents out there, the top 5%, top 1%, guess what? They're still going to get paid. And many of them are going to take market share away from the bottom 20, 30, 40, 50. Their businesses are going to get bigger while other people go out of business. How could that happen, Vikram? Well, those agents that are at the top know something that you don't know. They know how to communicate with their prospect. They know how to elicit the emotions out of the prospect that will cause them to want to do business with them and not do business with you. I had somebody who recently signed up for my program in the Real Estate Sales Academy. Hey, I talked to this prospect. They said they weren't going to list until next year. I drove by their house because I was going to another showing. I drove by their house. There was a sign in the yard from a brand new agent. I looked him up. It was a brand new agent. There's a brand new agent, Vic. They told me they were going to list for a year. This brand new agent got the listing. That should have been my listing. I said, no, shouldn't have been yours. Should have been yours. Guess what? That would have been your sign in the yard. $1.8 million listing. Let's say it sells for one five. commission check. Maybe your commission checks aren't $45,000. Maybe they're $10,000. I'll tell you, two deals that you miss out on a year, which most real estate agents are missing out on two to three, four, five, 10, 15, 20 deals a year, pays for a whole lot of sales coaching from the Real Estate Sales Academy. I'm just letting you know that. Wink, wink. So what do we do? What do we do to lower the resistance of our prospects? How do we consistently keep the prospects out of fight or flight? How do we consistently keep our prospects from wanting to run out the door and go talk to somebody else? How do we cause our prospects to want to work with us instead of pushing them out to John and Sally across the way? The way is, is we learn how to use our tonality, right? You've heard it before. 
45% your tone, 45% is your body language, 7% is the words you use. Well, Vic, does that mean the words I use don't matter? No, they're very important. Because if you put the wrong words, aka the wrong questions or statements in at the wrong time, you will cause your prospects to run. It's just like baking a pie, right? Tony Robbins always talks about it. You can take all the ingredients, put them in a pan, but if you forget to turn on the oven and preheat it to 350 and you throw it in the, you throw everything in the pan, mix it all up, throw it in the oven, come back 45 minutes later, you don't have a pie. You just have a bunch of mixed up ingredients. You got to turn on the oven. The steps matter. What else could trigger sales resistance? Okay, maybe you have the right questions. Maybe you are asking the questions the right sequence, but you're asking them in the wrong way. If you don't ask questions in the right way, unfortunately, that will trigger sales resistance. And we'll go into a couple of examples. If you talk too fast, if your cadence is off, that will trigger your prospects. You see how this is kind of a complicated thing here? You see how selling could be somewhat complicated and then wrap it all up in the fact that you're selling a complicated asset. Selling a property is super complicated. I don't know who decided to make people think that selling homes was super easy, but the consumer thinks selling and buying a home is like going to the grocery store and buying some steaks and throw them on the barbecue. And I wish it was that easy, but it's not. So we have to learn as real estate agents how to lower our prospects guard. We have to learn that by using the right cadence, using the proper pauses, it allows for different emotions to come up. When we're not using the right tone, right? There's a curiosity tone. There's an assertive tone, right? There is a tone of empathy. There is a tone that we use for skepticism or to push back on the prospect. There's questions that we have to use in order to open the prospect up, right? Most of us have been taught this. Knock on the door, you open the door, and oh my God, hey, John, Sally, I'm so excited to meet you. Wow, your house is beautiful. Oh my God, I love your garden. Oh, the front door is the blue paint, the doorknobs, oh, wow, look at the chandelier. And you just start barfing all over the prospect. Well, guess what every other real estate agent that walked into that house did? Oh my God, John and Sally. Wow, this is amazing. Oh, your house is beautiful. Oh, your front yard is great. Oh, this is such a perfect picture. Oh my God, this is, well, you all walk in sounding the same. That's crazy. You're all from different companies. Y'all walk in sounding the same, doing the same thing. And that creates, well... Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Our Agent Podcast, the number one real estate podcast in the world. If you could do us a quick favor, we don't monetize this. All we ask is that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It helps us reach more real estate agents with great information on how they can win in their local market today. If you go over to iTunes, leave us a quick review, write up something quickly. That would mean the world to Vikram and I. Let's hop into the show. Makes you not stand out. It creates a little bit of seller's resistance as well. Like, oh, God, here comes another. Oh, honey, we have to interview. Wow, we got to interview another real estate agent. Oh, my God, I hate interviewing these people. Why? Because you all say the same thing. You all say you work for the best company. 
right? I work for the best company. Oh, my, my, my office is the number one office. We have the best marketing. We have the best service. I don't even know what that means. Can you define what the best service actually means? Show me your processes. Show me your systems. Show me your reminders. Show me your automation. Show me your Zapiers. Your Z- Show me your Zapier. Show me how that automatically communicates every step of the process to the pro- to the to your potential client. Like I hear you guys telling me you have the best systems and processes and teams and this that and the other, but when I look at your guys' systems, you know, like my one-on-one vi- clients or the clients that come and do VIP days with me so that we can get a grasp on their systems. When I look at your guys' systems, when I look at your business, I see nothing special, but yet you guys are out there telling everybody you're the best thing since peanut butter and jelly, which I mean, I would imagine would cause some sales resistance from a prospect who's heard that from five other people. How could John be the best and Sally be the best and Susan be the best? When you walk into a home, and you try to build that rapport and you start talking about, oh, wow, look at that. Oh my gosh, you, 49ers? You like the 49ers? Oh, that's amazing. I like the 49ers too. No, actually the helmet was from my dad. My dad was a big 49ers fan. I really don't care about football, but I keep the helmet around because my dad passed away. Oh, your dad, oh, I'm so sorry. That must be really hard that your dad passed away. No, actually me and my dad weren't really that close, right? Like, you just assume all these things about people. You know, I had a client tell me that, hey, I, uh, Vic, I, I got to tell you this crazy story. I'm like, yeah, what's up, bud? He's like, dude, you know, like you tell me not to assume. I'm like, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I've said it a few times. He goes, well, talking to this lady on the phone, I go, okay, that's good. We're having conversations. Tell me more. And she says, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, oh, okay. What'd you say? And I knew there was something that he wanted to say because obviously the way that he said it, there was, right, my listening, my conscious listening. I knew he was going to drop a bomb. He goes, well, I was like, oh, well, you must be so excited. And she goes, actually, no, I'm not. And he goes, really? It's like, who's not excited? He he literally said, because he's got three children, he literally said, who's not excited to have a new baby come in? And she just spewed off like nine reasons why she wasn't excited, particularly because it was a one night stand with a guy after a bunch of drinks one night. Whoops. It's like, oh, she's not, you know, like, whoa, oh, oh, shit. oh, 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 shit. real estate agents do a lot of assuming, unfortunately. And typically that assuming doesn't help you get closer to your prospect. It doesn't help them connect to you. Thinking that just because you were taught the Ford questions and you were taught by your broker or you're taught by some coach to go into their house and, oh, look, they have, they have essential oils. I like essential oils. Oh my God. Let's all sniff essential oils together and kumbaya, right? Oh, you like essential oil. I love essential oils too. They don't care about you. If you really need to talk about the essential oils, oh, tell me, um, I, I noticed you have some oils on the counter. Um, tell me like, why do you guys have essential oils out? And then let them talk. Maybe they'll say, oh, well, you know, we bought them because, you know, the doTERRA gal was a friend of my wife's and, you know, she bought all this crap and now we don't use it. Or maybe it's like, oh, well, we heard that essential oils are good for the environment. They give me energy. When I'm feeling down, I put the peppermint on my head. It charges me back up. When I feel the allergies, I breathe it. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. But if you assume you know what they're going to say based off of a previous response, which is what a lot of people do when they get an objection, right? The, the current one that a lot of my clients are getting right now 
that they didn't know how to handle prior to working together is the market, Vikram. The market, the market, the market. Well, I just am curious, are those people buying or renting? Oh, they're renting. Oh, okay. And how long have they been renting for? Their whole life. Oh, okay. I guess, why didn't they buy last year? Why did they buy two years ago? Why didn't they buy five years ago? And typically, most of my clients, when we start, first start working, they go, I don't know. I said, so you didn't probe and kind of ask some questions about like why they never bought, right? Is it because they couldn't afford the down payment? Was it because they didn't want to buy? Is it because they weren't married? Is it because there wasn't a need? Is What, what was the reason why they didn't buy? And 90% of them can't tell me. And if 90% of my clients can't tell me, I would say 90% of you listening to this probably couldn't tell me why your prospect hasn't bought a home yet, right? And when they tell you it's the market and you say, oh yeah, I can understand. Well, what about the market is the problem? Why don't we ask those questions? No, tell, tell me what, how do you mean that the market, how do you mean by the market? Well, you know, Vic, no, I actually don't know. I have clients buying, I have clients selling, I have clients investing. So I don't actually know about how, how the market is for you. Right, I know how the market is for some people, but how is it for you? Notice the shift right there. And when you ask it in the right tone, obviously I'm not in the right tone. I'm in presentation mode. So let me let me just kind of warm up and back up. So so yeah, Vikram, we're we're not really in the market to buy right now because the market's so high. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I guess how do you mean by the by the market's high right now? And you ask in like a curious tone. And you ask it a good cadence, the prospect will probably give you a surface level answer, right? Just a real like brush off answer. And then if you say, could you, could you just unpack that a little bit for me? You know, one of the questions that my clients are getting really good success with right now is with the interest rates about the market, right? Well, Vic, we, we just can't buy right now. The interest rates are too high. Oh, okay. I guess, how do you mean by that? And they go, well, you know how it is. And they said, so a lot of times, People say, oh, well, Vic, you know, the interest rates are so high. We're going to wait for the rate. We want to wait for the rates to come down. And what my clients would say before they started working with me is, oh, well, you know, the rates are historically, they're right in alignment with what they've been. And, you know, in 1980, the rates were at 24%. My mom told me her first interest payment was $1,800 and for a $400,000, $200,000 house and blah, blah, blah. We start spewing out all this stuff. There, there's a couple of ways you could go is one way is how, how do you mean the interest rates are high right now and compared to what when compared to three years ago? Oh, okay. Well, were you a buyer three years ago? Well, no. So that I guess the rates being lower three years ago is kind of irrelevant because you weren't able to buy three years ago, right? Well, yeah, I guess. So I, I guess what would rates need to be at in order for you to be a buyer in today's market. Oh, I, I don't I don't really know. Oh, okay. We just want a really good deal, Vic. We're just we're just not gonna buy until we get a really good deal. Yeah, I, I, okay. That makes sense. And I'm not gonna say like I understand or I know what you mean, because I don't know what they mean and I don't understand because I don't know what a really good deal is to them. So I would ask the question, well, what's a good deal to you? When I, I want we're just just what's a good deal to you? Right. If you use I'm curious and I'm wondering too much, it then it then becomes salesy and becomes inauthentic. So you just pop back with, well, that's cool. Like what I, I guess I guess Susan, John, what's a good deal for you guys? And now they have to explain what they mean by a good deal. 
a good deal could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And let me tell you, when I sold real estate in 2016, a good deal in Seattle was we got a good home, Vikram, in the school we wanted. That was a good deal because there were 16, 20, 40, 50 offers. So Vikram, you, you get us the house that we want and it's in the right school district and it's got the four bedrooms and the three baths and it's got a main floor bedroom and bathroom. That's a good deal for us, right? Under a million dollars, that's a good deal for us. Yet other people are like, well, if it's not 20% below market, it's not a good deal. I said, okay, well, that, that makes sense for you. I guess, you know, if there was a home that was 20% under market, why would a seller in this kind of a market sell it to you and not sell it for a higher price? Well, I don't know. Would you do that? No. Oh, okay. Well, if you want to do that, why would they do that? I don't know. Well, if they were to do that, there'd probably be somebody who was under some financial distress, which is pretty low right now. Would you, they would agree to that. Or it might be a house that needs a lot of work and it's a distressed property. They go, oh, well, well, if you bought a house that was distressed and it needed a full gut remodel or it needed a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars three to six month remodel, would would you want like would you want or would you be able to to manage a remodel with your two kids and moving and your in-laws in town and the baby on the way? Like would you be able to handle the remodel? Well, no, no, we wouldn't. So I I I don't know, but it sounds to me like you're not really an investor for your primary residence, but you might be an investor for a secondary home down the road. Does that, does that sound about right? And they go, yeah, it does actually. Because when you understand the process of what it takes to remodel a home, let me tell you, three kids, a dog, a baby on the way. Oh, wow. It's so much work. Do you guys have that knowledge? Are you able to express that to your prospect? Right? Sales is just communication. It's being able to figure out what they're actually saying and what they're actually feeling, right? By asking great questions in a way that allows them to open up and not feel like they're being invalidated, not feel like they're being judged or stupid, right? People have fear around looking or feeling stupid. They don't want that. So what are we doing to help our prospects, to cause our prospects to want to open up, right? When we have a phone call and we're doing a follow-up call, and you're talking to your prospect, right? You guys are getting a lot of goods today. I don't even know how long this video is right now. You guys are getting a lot of goods. You should share this with some friends. You guys should really, like, you guys, this is the stuff we work on inside the Real Estate Sales Academy. The reason why it's so fresh is because these are the concerns that are coming up for our clients right now, private clients and my group clients, right? This is the stuff they talk about. Vic, how do we have these conversations, right? These are 200, 300, 400K producers that are having the same problems as my 50, 80, 100K producers are, right? The same problems that the 400K producers having, the same problem the 100K producers having. They don't know how to talk to their prospect to cause them to want to give them the information. They're staying very surface level, right? They're not able to get below. So when you guys call your prospects, right? One of the biggest things that my team would do when we first started with, so, hey, how are you doing today? How was your weekend? I would just cringe. I would cringe. And I say, why do you ask that? Well, it just seems polite. I said, you're making 185 calls a day. 
You're having 20 to 30 conversations a day. Do you remember who you talked to this morning without getting into your notes? And they go, no. I said, so is it being polite or is it being disrespectful? They go, what do you mean? I said, well, I would find it highly disrespectful that you as a salesperson who doesn't know who I am, who doesn't have any relationship with me, is believing that I believe that you actually care about how I'm doing today. When I know that you're having 20 to 30 conversations a day, when I know that you're saying the same thing to everybody every day. So it would be highly, in my opinion, disrespectful for you to waste two to three minutes because then I feel like I need to respond back to be congruent with you. So if you ask me how I am, I should ask you how you are. And then we have this two to three minute conversation where I don't want to talk to you for that much time. Now as a prospect, I don't feel really great about this because it's been multiple minutes where I don't even know what you're calling about. Like, or you call and you don't know what to say. So you just say, Hey, how you doing? Um, you know, my, my CRM told me to call you. My CRM told me, what the hell is a CRM? Do you think most people know what a CRM is? If you went and asked my mom what a CRM is, she'd be like, is that where we put all the stuff for the vitamins that your dad sells? Well, I know mom, that's a POS. Say, so what's the P? She's like, that's a, then what's, What's the CRM? Mom, the CRM is where you put all your clients so you can follow up with it. Oh, well, we don't do that at our office. All right. So if you call a normal prospect and say, hey, the CRM had a notification that popped up and it told me to call you back. You then told them that you don't even care about them. The only reason you're calling is because some automation thing told them to call. So you don't even care about me. Right. And you wasted their time. And then what do they always say? Call me back, call me back. And then you try to call them back the third time and your number has been blocked you triggered sales resistance. Do you think you triggered the fight or the flight in the prospect? Were they combating you or did they just want to get away from you? They want to get away from you. They ran, they ran, they ran, put up the blockers. You can never get a hold of them again. So sales is challenging, but it's a learnable skill. And when you learn the skills of communication, listening, tonality, pausing, cadence, Right? When you learn how to use your body language in a presentation, even if it's on the phone or the Zoom, when you learn how to stop triggering sales resistance, when you learn how, when you walk into home or you walk into appointment to not sound like every other salesperson, what do you think happens to your business? You think it goes down or you think it goes up? Because it might not be your problem that you weren't taught the right things, but it is your responsibility to find the information. And if your business isn't consistently going up at the pace you want, so there's probably a couple of breaks in your sales process, or there's a break in your communication process, or there's a break in the way that you're allowing your prospects to feel safe. Because if your prospects don't feel safe, they don't trust you. They're not going to work with you. So inside the Real Estate Sales Academy, we work multiple times a week on your tonality, on your scripting, on your question asking. You get live feedback from me on how to become the best salesperson out there because salespeople actually aren't salesy. It's the salespeople that don't know that are salesy. I'll see you on the next one.